Blog Talk Radio. Hi, I'm author and publisher Tracy L. Slatten. It's my belief that the most interesting, creative, and original voices today are heard outside of the big corporations, studios, and galleries. Individuals of courage, inspiration, and vision are seizing the opportunities to create and promote their art themselves. I'm here to support them and to bring their stories to you. On this show, I'll interview independent artists of all kinds, unusual thinkers, and even some healers about their process. How do they do it? How do they start with an idea and bring it to life in the world? This show intends to illuminate the journey. Feel free to call in to 516-453-6052 with questions or live chat with me at blogtalkradio.com slash independent artists thinkers. Great to have you with us. L. Slatten, hosting Independent Artists and Thinkers. I am so happy to welcome you to the show today. We've got a great show lined up for you. And I'm really happy and grateful that so many people are listening to the show um, live and in the archives and in the iTunes podcast channel. So thank you for tuning in, and I hope you're enjoying the interviews. I certainly am. I created this show to support those brave souls who are operating outside the structures of the big established corporations. As the intro to the show says, I intend to illuminate the unusual journey and to bring it to you. I'm interested in alternatives to conventional thinking and conventional answers. I'm interested in creativity, fresh ideas, unusual perspectives, originality. And this show aims to bring you models of people who embody those qualities. Please do call in with questions or comments to 516-453-6052. You can also live chat me at blogtalkradio.com slash independentartistthinkers, and the, li- the chat room is open. So if you're on the computer and you can do it, log in and say hello and ask a question. In the coming weeks, we've got some great guests coming on. Next week on Thursday, March 17th at 1 p.m., image consultant Lauren Solomon will be on talking about your best self and the business of being you. And I also believe that next week we'll have a pop-up show featuring Dr. Jane Eli, who's an author and healer, and Roddy Cohen, who's also a healer, talking about a workshop they're offering together. So that will be interesting. So tune in and keep checking the website, Independent Artists, artistthinkers.com and the Black Talk Radio page to find out who will be on this show. And there's also a Facebook page for Independent Artist Thinkers. So you can find us on Facebook. Um, for those of you who know my husband, Sabin Howard, the sculptor, I just want to give you some news. Um, he'll be on C-SPAN this weekend talking about the National World War One Memorial and also I think sometime tomorrow he's on Fox Television on their Modern Masters series. Um, so look for Sabin this weekend on TV. I am so delighted today to have hip-hop literature artist Anthony White as our guest. Anthony Augustus White grew up in the Bronx and attended UMD. After completing military service, very cool, he graduated from Lehman College and worked at ACS as a child welfare investigator and caseworker. Always feeling the need to write, White wrote poetry as a child and then turned to writing magazine articles in teenage years on up to adulthood. 
Short stories soon followed. While taking writing classes at NYU SCE in 1995, White joined the Tuesday Night Writers Workshop run by Professor Susan Shapiro in New York City. While there, he wrote Ghetto Falsehoods. Then he went on to write over 13 titles, including the highly successful young adult series Ghetto Girls under his own publishing company, Augustus Publishing, which he formed in 2005 with his business partner, Jason Claiborne. The company has published over 30 titles and now includes two additional nonfiction imprints, five books, and uptown books. A health and fitness writer, White is also editor-at-large for Heart and Soul magazine. And you can see more about Anthony White and Augustus Publishing at AugustusPublishing.com, and that's A-U-G-U-S-T-U-S Publishing, and at StreetLitReview.com. Anthony, are you there? Thanks for being on the show. Yes, I am. How are you doing, Tracy? <laughs> Good. I'm so glad um, that you're on the show. You, I reconnected with you uh, we had met like five or six years ago, I think at a party, and you told me about your journey as a an author, and it was really fascinating. And then I was going through emails this recently trying to delete some. I have over 10,000. And I found some emails we had exchanged back then, and I thought, oh, my God, of course, Anthony White, he'd be a great guest. So thanks for being on. No doubt. Thank you for having me. So I'm going to begin with my usual opening question for my guests because it situates listeners into who you are and what you're about. And it's a big question, so just so you're forewarned. So take it and run with it and make it, you know, give what answer feels right to you. So that is, how did you begin your journey and what has it taken for you to arrive at the place where you are currently? What training did you have and when did you know you were going to be involved in writing? Were books a major presence in your home when you were growing up? What did you think you would be? And I know you have a military background, so talk about your childhood and lead up till now. Okay, well, you know, I was uh, born. I was born in Jamaica, uh, Kingston, and we did the the British system. So I, I, uh, as a, in 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 the British educational system, they do a lot of Shakespeare, and I was intrigued at an early age. So after, you know, the family uh moved to uh New York, uh I I still kept with the poetry. I was, you know, a closet poet. So I evaded writing so to speak. But mm-hmm. the compliments kept coming in during uh school days, you know, I went to school at Vanders and I went to school at Women's Boys School and I went to school at uh, the Bronx uh, Lehman College. I, I attended University of Maryland while I was in the military. Uh, I, before I left for Germany, I, I attended schools while I was in Germany on military duties. But the compliments were, why aren't you a writer? <laughs> like, why don't you write? Because I would write essays, and, and when at an early age, the teachers were like impressed you you know you could tell they were like did you get some help <laughs> you know like <laughs> and, uh, you know like so I, I knew at an early age that writing wasn't a big deal but my early influence uh in terms of books in the fair uh in the house were there were a lot of biblical stuff uh, my mom was very religious so I read the Bible from front to back and thought the stories were great. And I was like, wow, who came up with these stories? <laughs> like, they are so it great was like stories. always that um, 
secret desire, secret, uh, uh, just seeking to find out where it all began and how words, you know, the power of words, how they move people into actions. And, um, you know, I did the military and, and I had writing projects there. I had, I revised a couple of the military manuals, so I got in-depth military writing training. And and I try. I thought I would eventually stay, but you get bored with things. I don't know, I don't know if other people do, but as a writer, I get bored doing the same thing over and over. And I became a military, you know, go to war, beat up on the little countries. <laughs> so it's like, okay, enough. And uh, came out, and, uh, you know, uh, when I came out, at first, ACS was an opportunity to make some money, and, and um, so I did that. But one of the, the, the most interesting things of uh, doing social investigation for children is you get to meet the entire family and their breakdown and the structure of the family and communication in the family and, and educational level. So we... We, as a state agency, city state agency, uh, um, were able to ask very intimate questions of, of these clients, you know. And mm-hmm. so I had an opportunity to sort of build characters. So that was always in the back of my mind, like building characters. And uh, during that time, I was also running with, you know, my crowd. So. Early age, Bronx, New York. I got picked up in Jersey on a gun charge, and uh, I I did like five days. But there was a section of time where I was sitting in the rec room, and uh, Dr. Leonard Jeffries was on television. He was saying, "You know, they got our great minds locked in their penitentiaries." And Dr. Leonard Jeffries was powerful. That speech was like directly at me, to me, and Mm -hmm. I was feeling bottom out, like, wow, what am I doing in jail, you know? And mm-hmm. eventually the military got me out, and they sent me to Fort McCoy, and I came back with a purpose, like, you know, I got to I gotta do something. I got to uh, – Fort McCoy is a training facility, which is, like, I was a trainer in the military. That's what I did. I was a senior trainer. I did – whether it's health and fitness or – Weapons was my thing. I, I I did a lot of stuff in the military. So I, I trained. One of the things about the military is when you are excellent or good or very good at something, expert, <laughs> they allow you to teach the new the newbies, as they call mm-hmm. them, the newcomers, to the profession or to that skill. So, you know, different skills in the military, you have different type of trainers, maybe, you know, for physical fitness, for for weapons, for, uh, you know, for your particular job skill. So I did all of that. I did each and every one of those things, and that became boring too. Although it was interesting in the beginning, it became boring. So after a while, I, I, I sort of just, after I think uh, there's a storm, I, there's a storm, I said, okay, you know, that was, that's it. <laughs> Daddy Bush mm-hmm. war. I, I, I'm like, okay, I've had it at point of, Boredom, <laughs> so mm-hmm. I left and um, and then I went to NYU School of Continuing Education, met with Sue Shapiro, uh, Professor Shapiro, and um, she sort of like, you know, um, steered me toward being a writer. Like, you know, she first of all she complimented me like crazy, like 
and, and and that was the whole point of that school. Basically, I did uh, I did screenwriting. I did some I did some creative writing and magazine writing, and just improving the skills. You know, because I felt mm-hmm. like, wow, you know, writing is so easy. I can do it, but I really learned didn't learn how to be a writer. So I sort of went in to become a writer. Then I was told by the professor, it's like, you don't really need to do this. <laughs> You're already a writer. <laughs> Just write. <laughs> so that was Sue, Sue uh, who became my very good mentor and friend. Uh, that was her uh, motivational thing. Just write, Anthony. You know? So I, I started doing that a lot. And, and I couldn't stop. Then, mm-hmm. you know, now I can't turn it off. Now I write every day, so it's like yep. early when you call me, I'm writing. Uh, it's, it's like writing, writing, <laughs> writing, and, and that's where it is right now. It's just the passion, the fuel just kept building, no matter what. You know, there's like a, a vast reservoir, and I just gotta go in and choose. Like I'm working on three books. I just, uh, you know, I ghost write. I do, I do so many things in writing. I edit for the company that I started with my business partner, Jason Claiborne. I've known him most of his life since he's a teenager. So, uh, you know, shout out to him, uh, what he's done. Uh, he's a great artist. Uh, he's from the, the 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 Rockwell, Norman Rockwell's line. Uh, you know, I think that's his, his great-grandfather. So he has a he has a and his uncle. There's, there's a whole family of Rockwell. So he came from that design family and he, Hmm. He designs uh, all the stuff that we do, and, you know, that's great. Um, Did he, Anthony, can I ask you, you sent me, when we were talking about the show, you sent me um, a promotional flyer, and it was really beautifully done. Did he design that? Yeah, yeah. That's straight from uh, Jason. Uh, Jason Claiborne, yeah, uh, Google him, like you say. (laughs) You'll see greatness. He's worked in music, design. He's an award-winning designer for uh, KRS One album uh, back in the days, um, I can't even remember the name of the album, but it's an early album from KRS One. You could Google it. He won an award for that. So he's done a lot of stuff. He's um, been he involved saw, in. He bit. saw your talent. He was drawn to your talent too to be your business. I mean, he was. He's well, smart. so we we lived in the same building in in the Heights in Washington Heights over there in uh, Inwood. Uh, we met in Inwood. Um, so uh, two eight West Two Eighteenth Street, you know, it's great. Uh, Inwood Park, you get a chance to visit. It. It's a great park in in Manhattan, and it's the only street in Manhattan that seems like you know it's like one of those uh, things that happens where it's just Inwood. It it, it, it seems like it, we as individuals gravitated to each other, but more or less it was more at the time I was. Um, we were doing T-shirts. That's what we were doing. I, we started out, I, we had um, endangered species. We had a black man safe in an hourglass data design. It was great. I, so we started a long time ago, and, and back in the days, Wu-Tang. So it was really wild at that time when hip-hop, and I, I think uh, we, I had just either came from Desert Storm or was on my way, but it was right around that time, and and it was it was good. And so, so you know, twenty years you know, later, we're still friends, business partners, and and uh, moving forward, you know, with Augustus Publishing, and and uh, we're nationally distributed, and 
and like you said, one of the biggest things in, in independence is also trying to compete with mainstream to for the audience attention. So, you know, we, we we have a great design and we have a great program and we have a great formula to do it. So, you know, we keep doing it. Yeah. And, well, let me um, ask you, Anthony, tell us about Ghetto Girls and about creating hip-hop literature, which is a new genre. Tell us about that. Well, it's a baby uh, in terms of writing. Um, because it started when hip-hop actually started. KRS-One mentions it uh, in some of his songs, hip-hop, and he also went on to write books. So you see a lot of uh, hip-hop artists actually doing that now, where they're actually writing novels and, and getting into writing a, a couple. Uh, AZ, for example, just wrote the memoir, and, and I just had a meeting with him. Uh, he's from the firm Nas back in the days, you, uh, if you know hip hop music, you'll know he came from that Queensbridge uh, troupe. <laughs> you know. mm-hmm. So um, we we are basically uh, uh, what do you call it? Promoting, pushing hip hop literature because I think it's the speak the speech of the young, of the young mm-hmm. adults, of the kids, and mainstream has caught on to it because of music, but. If you go back way back in time, Zora Neale Hurston was doing that kind of writing, you know what I mean? Although it was mm-hmm. looked down on by mainstream, it was still great, you know. She was amazing. What an amazing writer. Exactly, so exactly. I, Whereas I, opposed I, to Langston Hughes, who wrote in a different voice, so to speak. So yeah, right. there, there are different styles out there that remains true to, to what it is that is as close to the street or the ear of the street as possible. So yeah, it, it, it'll stay and it'll always grow and and the kids gravitate to it. You know, I saw a kid reading books from uh, the early 70s and that, that's beautiful. He was on the train reading, you know, a, a Chester Hines book, If He Hollers. So I, I applaud that because that shows you that there will always be an influence and it will remain, the legacy will remain. So hip-hop literature is not, nothing new. Uh, in fact, Langston Hughes wrote jazz poetry mm-hmm. back in the days, in the 30s, in the Renaissance. Day. So, you know, hip-hop music just happens to be the beat, the rhythm of how I think the youth are moving. And, 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 well, and so the writing reflects world. that in a way in terms of iconic expressions, the language, the author, style, speech, uh, voice. So you, you'll get words that you're familiar with in rap music. You'll mm-hmm. hear, which is the music of hip-hop, you'll hear the, the, the same type of words and you'll say, oh, I know that from the song. You'll relate it to the music. So even Jay-Z re- refer to himself sometimes as Iceberg. <laughs> so uh, slim, and and you hear him say it. So you know, Nas talks about Chester Hines. He talks about uh, Langston Hughes. So there are influences on that side of it, the rap side of it, the music side. What of about it. So, what about Ghetto Girls? Your series and your books. How did you come to write Ghetto young Girls? Young adult series, uh, young teen from Harlem, talented, but under extreme conditions, living conditions, that is. Her mom is on drugs, and she, her mom's a single parent, so she's like the mother, basically. And and, mm-hmm. and, and it's as close to reality as, as I can get, because 
in working with ACS, that's what I saw during the crack era. The team, the oldest team, was basically in charge of the home. Mm-hmm. And it, without question, they made a decision because mommy was too busy getting high or running after the next high. So I saw that a lot, and, and, it, and it just reflects what I saw. So I wrote that basically to show that you can you can actually move from that point, that that. Uh, you know that kind of living to something where you're on a illuminated standard. At the end, she is at a high level university. She's getting a scholarship. She she pushes herself. In other words, she to overcome all all the obstacles. So that's the base of the story. And then there's a backdrop of violence, sex, drugs, and music. And Coco, who's the lead. Uh, character, she's very talented in terms of she's a rap. She has aspiration to be a rap artist, a rap star, make a rap record. She she runs into a crew of friends and and they form a group and together they sort of have this adventure on on growing up, uh, coming mm. of age. So uh, you know, it's it, it was my uh, demo. It was my <laughs> it was my early times. Uh, you know and. And um, like I said, hip hop literature. It, were there uh, specific um, were there specific young women that you met while you were doing casework and child welfare investigation who inspired you, or did, was is Coco a conglomeration of several different um, teenagers you met, or are there things from your own life that showed up as part of Coco's experience? Actually, 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 um, Coco's character. I met this young lady from Edenwall. I live close to Edenwall, the projects in the North Bronx. And um, shout out to Shannon Holmes. He's from there. He's one of the top writers uh, in the genre also. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I met this young lady. Her name was a teenager at the time. She Her name was Champ MC. And that was her uh, moniker that she rapped under. And she was given this opportunity to do great stuff and and it never worked out, you know. Actually, worked out never because uh, you know some. I guess in life, even though you get a chance, it may not happen. You may have an opportunity, but then it may fizzle. So uh, I just at the time I was doing courses and and, and like I said, Professor Shapiro was like, "Just write, Anthony, write something." So uh-huh. I started writing that story. I said, "What if?" she had made it? What if she could go through all the problems from the hood, you know, growing up, uh, you know, drugs, uh, guys, uh, you know, everything in the hood, violence, sex, the music, everything that the hood could do, the streets could do to pull you down, the distractions. What if she could overcome all of that and do something like go to school, get to the college? So, you know, that's what I made her do. And that's the story. So I really met Champ. I really met, uh, and I made her Coco. I made uh, and I always tell her that I see her now at uh, Coco. She, but Champ MC, shout out to her. She 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 was dope back in the day. She would battle the guys in front of the barbershop, and I would just listen. And I was like, everyone was impressed. Like, wow, she's just gonna be great. But mm-hmm. it never actually happened. So you know, it was. Well, it still might because, you know, there's a timing in people's lives that seems to have its own rhyme and reason. No doubt. 
No doubt. Uh, you know, during the time when I was writing, Get a, that's when I knew writing was for me because there were scenes, because, you know, you think you could write a book, so you start out writing a book, and then page 90, you're like, what? I got what to go? You know what I mean? Like, you got, like, more pages to write? I do. Oh, man. So, you know, first time out, you know, you don't know the reservoir that you have, but then you walk outside, and the scene that you're writing is happening in front of you. Mm. And it just inspires you to go back inside and write some more. <laughs> just, so that's writing to me. Writing, you know, it's like misery. That writer in misery, I don't you know, that movie, Misery. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, famous writer, he was on his way to turn his manuscript in, and, and he had that car accident, and he met the nurse who was nursing him back to health. But at the same time, she didn't agree with the ending of the story, so she just started like, you got to do this over, rewrite. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. rewriting is the worst thing for an author. So after I was through the first write, I was like, I got to do this again? I'm like, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> you know, I, so I don't know. I, I like to do revisions. I think of them as like eating really? broccoli. You know, yeah, I don't mind. I, I, I have a harder time. You know, a first draft is really hard because you've got to fill up all those pages. But I'm really good at working with a manuscript. Once I've got, you know, a couple hundred pages, I feel like that's when I hit my stride. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I could be, yeah, the first third of the book, you're there. You're like into the characters. They're talking in your head. That's right. how I write, actually. Yep. I, actually, yep. what I do is like I'll, you know, have a story in my mind and it'll gather like momentum when I hear the voices start saying, talking, you're like, what? What is going on? And you know, okay, get to the computer, <laughs> write the story. Well, they, they so hijack that's, you know, your, that's. Yeah, these characters, they hijack your internal world. They hijack your whole inner exactly. life. Exactly. You become so distracted. People are talking to you. And they're like, what are you, absent-minded? I just told you X, Y, Z. And you're like, really? I'm sorry. <laughs> Like you got you find yourself apologizing a lot, so you know, and then like like I you know I, I hate to be called absent-minded, so I just get to the computer and write. But mm-hmm. I you know it, it's just something in you that won't go away. I don't know. I mean, the famous writers who who just end their lives because they're like, you know what, enough of this. <laughs> so I don't know if it'll ever stop. But um, I enjoy the process, and I don't get bored with it. And, uh, you know, I, I just try to write the best novel I can, you know, during the time that I'm allowed to do it. Well, how did you At least go the first about, draft. What was the process of getting Ghetto Girls out to the reading public? What was that process for you? Well, actually, I wrote it, put it away, and wrote another novel and uh, met up with Jason, like I said, when I came back from uh, Desert Storm, when I was through the Desert Storm. Uh, there's a shield, there's a storm. I met Jason back in 2002, three, uh, 2001, actually, 2001, two. Uh, so uh, right around that time, uh, the, the remember what had happened in New York, uh, you know, and, 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 mm-hmm. and so it was like turmoil. And out of all that, <laughs> I just... I just kept calm with writing, no matter where I was, battlefield and the office, no matter where I was. Where I was, I was calm with writing, so I knew it was me. So when I, when it was over, that's when Get a Girls, I met up with Jason, and and uh, I self-published it. He designed the cover, 
<clears throat> was titled Get a Falsehood and uh pardon. And he he designed the cover. I put it out independently and in, uh, uh through first book. And first book was print on demand, so I would just, you know, tell my friends about it and and they mm-hmm. would download it or they would, you know, get copies from me. Uh, I would get cases of it and have them in my apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, so I'd just mail them out to friends and I'd try to send them to people who I know, you know. And then someone contacted me, Carl, Carl Weber, uh, who became, you know, Carl Weber, famous writer. You know, he's like, he writes, uh, what do you call that? He tells me, urban fiction. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, I write hip-hop lit. And he's like, what is hip-hop lit? So mm-hmm. now the irony is he has a company that publishes. It's called uh, uh, Urban Books, and they publish hip-hop lit, <laughs> street mm-hmm. lit, erotica, you know, hood erotica. So uh, so that's where it started, um, self-publishing and pushing it out on my own. At the time, I was still at ACS. And, and then I used to go to the client's home, and they'd say, what's your name? And I'd say, Anthony White. And then they would call. So I'm there to investigate child abuse, something like, you know, your kid not going to school. Why is she not going mm-hmm. to school? And they'd say, what's your name? And I would say, Anthony White. And they'd say, you wrote a book? Yeah. So at first I started denying it, you know, like. Really? You, you didn't write a book? <laughs> no, I didn't write a book. And they'd bring out a book called Ghetto Girls. That's when I was like, wow, they got Ghetto Girls in their home and they're not going to school. What is this? What am I going to say? Uh, you still got to go to school. <laughs> I don't care if you read a book by Anthony White, go to school. So, you know, that was the thing. I, I, um, it became, after a while, it became just the general normal thing. Like, I'd go to your home, I would say my name, and they would want me to autograph their book. Because <laughs> then after a while, I just didn't deny it. I just said, yeah, that's me. Yeah, I think the Thank first you. person I said it to was this young girl. She came and she was like, "Are you sure you didn't write this book? Because your name is spelt the same way, and that's unusual." So I was like, "Why don't you go to school?" And then she told me she got to be home and take care of her mom. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, because her mom doesn't. But her mom, the weirdest thing is her mom doesn't read, and but they read Ghetto Girls. They know that I, it was weird. So my clients are in the, you know, I, not my clients, but but also my readers, basically. My readers became my clients, and my clients mm-hmm. were my readers. It became confusing, and and that's when I was like, I got to be out of ACS. I got to leave this job. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't function. And uh, so I went. Uh, uh, so 2004, the beginning, I left. I went out on my own, Geronimo, and jumped. <laughs> No parachutes, <laughs> like, I'm out here, I'm going to do it. And uh, there was a lot of interest. It was an explosion going on. I think it's somewhat uh, metered out or plateaued out to the mm-hmm. level where it's just, it's just a straight line now. But there was a, you know, there was a, a, a rush to do it, a, a, a pulse going. Uh, it was almost reminiscent of the Renaissance days, you know, 1937, 38. Yeah, it, it was mm-hmm. during that time, like, you know, it, a lot of people came out of jail for some reason. They did the Rockefeller repeal. They cut a lot of sentences. Guys were riding, reading. A lot of, so, you know, there were a lot of Donald Goins and a lot of Iceberg Flames, for real. And it was interesting. So I've watched the genre grow uh, as a whole. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, watch authors, you know, getting big deals and signed. And, and one of the weirdest things is I ghostwrite some of these books, and I know people ghostwrite these books. So really? So it was just a rush even by the majors to get people who had some kind of street cred. Oh, you in a jail? Oh, you wrote a book? Oh, I'm sure you could do 20 books and you're going. So they did all this stuff. And, and it sort of oversaturated the market, you know, because mm-hmm. the books became basically about the same coming of age, the same type of stories. So now I recently saw an ad which is like, we need, you know, verific- uh, a, a very um, a, a, a very amount of, of different type of genre in fiction, more more than just what we have. So, you know, I've just seen a lot of these pushed by the majors to get a very uh, more diversified in, in mm-hmm. terms of what they're putting out to the audience, especially audience from that root who came from that source, you know, from that street. Mm-hmm. Oh, I read Donald Gawne, so I'm reading, uh, you know, Quan, I'm reading, Anthony White, I'm reading Shannon Holmes. And so, it, so, and their kids are doing the same thing. So now, you know, their kids are more sophisticated, you know, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Technology improved and everything. So I think the, the majors are even going after diversification in their fiction. So I, hopefully, you know, that will loosen the market. But at one point, if you weren't, like, from the jailhouse and just wrote, they would, they didn't, they would be like, well, you don't have any street cred. We can't sign. So it was almost like rap music. You know, it went mm. through the rap music type of thing, you know. So, uh, you know, after a while, Kanye West and, and Jay-Z, all those guys who never got locked down, changed that whole street. Oh, you got to be this bad guy from the street to be a rapper, you know. So uh, mm-hmm. it's just like music. You know, people realize you could just be a good person who stayed home in a school and learn how to write or whatever and prove your craft and became a good writer. You know, so the majors well, are joining in. So Anthony, there's a diversification you... of what is going to be put out in the future. So Well, that's all good. <laughs> Diversification for readers. I said diversification is good for readers. You know, it's good for oh, people. Oh yeah, oh yeah, because the audience became more sophisticated than 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 the than what was out there. You know, what the, the the supply was. You know, so you the supplier has to become more sophisticated in in their production. So you know, that's why we have the 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 the, the uh, imprint uh, vibe and, and uptown books. Uh, you know, we have self improvement inspirational, biographical, we, you know, nonfiction, uh, something that you can lean on, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then we have the entertainment side, something that you make you laugh or make you, you know, entertain you where you're laughing and learning something that I don't want to be that, you know, person in Ghetto Girls or, you know, I don't want to be mm-hmm. that guy and hustle hard and, you know, so I... So we have different uh, titles, and we, and we have very, we have been diversified. We were in that mode <laughs> from the jump. So mm-hmm. now we're even going to become more diversified because next we're going to graphic. I have a book with uh, Tramp Daily. It's called uh, A Love to Die For, and it's from the Badlands series, and, and that's dropping in in, in April. We also have cool. Diaries, which say again? I said that sounds cool. Yeah, Badlands. Uh, It's graphic. uh, uh, Well, it's it's great. It's going to be you know different thing, different stuff. 
uh, we have the Lipstick Diaries, and and we have a continuation that's all female and and female writers, young writers, and and we decided to do the last one, uh, and uh, and uh, that Lipstick Diaries three will be out in force. <laughs> a lot of people are looking forward to that. A lot of the authors. Because they're first time authors and they got a jitters, and you're like, oh my god, my book is uh, <laughs> so. We hope and pray that it's all successful, you know, and, and that's what we do. We we try to we try to stay original, true to true to what's going on, true to the streets, but also we try to be more forward thinking. And personally, I think you know women will eventually rule. You know, men have their <laughs> turn. So it's like, okay, you know, so yeah, there are a lot of features that we're doing, and uh, one of my new titles, The Major's Wife, uh, that it's a military story about uh, crime, suspense, and, and I like it. Uh, so, you know, I'm growing up, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, as, as Well, a let me ask you, um, Anthony, this is a good moment for me to ask, where do you see your work in five years and ten years and twenty years, not just the work for um, Augustus Publishing, but your own personal work. How do you see it? Where do you see it evolving? Where do you see it going? Well, uh, you know, I'm slowly um, becoming more adult with my voice. I realize that. I I still write for the streets, some street stuff. Um, My voice is becoming uh, more adult, uh, my writing voice. (laughs) And... um, and uh, so I, I, I see more mysteries. I like mystery. I, I see mystery. I see um, uh, I, I, there's also some uh, science fiction stuff. I've got some stuff. I, I, I've got stuff. I've, I, I don't know if I have enough time, but I got stuff. So, I, you know, like I, I write every day. I'm working on Bloodsport, uh, mm-hmm. which is my new title. Um uh, let's see. So, and and that's uh, that's a renegade unit in the military is killing all leaders who they oppose, you know, and mm. and it has to do with a don't ask, don't tell, gay rule. So I'm I'm doing more sophisticated stuff in terms of consciousness and an awareness of uh, social issues. Uh, uh, still. The on the line discrimination in the military of women and non whites um it's still there uh was part of it, so I know that. so I've got some stuff on that and <clears throat> uh, excuse me uh, uh we're we're so in, in in ten years five ten years as a writer i just i just want to fill up the the whole bookshelf with books mm-hmm. that's what I promised myself, so <laughs> stay on it. I'll stay on it. It's my three W's, and I continue write, write, what write, three W's? work out, right, work right, out, right. work out, and you know, read, 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 mm-hmm. and rewrite. But I got problems with R. So. <laughs> well, what have but you anyway. found to be? What have you found to be the best tools to help you on your path to being successful? Tool is to learn all you can and. Uh, Stay humble. I, I find, you know, those are like, um, you know, on the path to greatness. You're there's going to be highs and lows, peaks and valleys. So 
you got to stay, of course, you got to stay yourself. You got to, can't get too excited, can't get too down. <laughs> you just mm-hmm. got to be even keel, so to speak, and um, it'll help you. But also never lose that desire that, you know, that voice in your head that say you can do it. And a lot of times that outside distraction will tell you you can't or, you know. So mm-hmm. those are my things, you know, that I use uh, uh, to, to to stay on the path uh, of greatness. And, and that's where I believe I'll wind up in five, ten years. I'm trying to write the greatest American novel ever, you know, competing you with go. my stuff. Good. You go for it. Well, who are your models no who inspires you? Say again? Who are your models and who inspires you? Um, inspiration. Oh, man, inspiration. I, I, You know, I could name a million people. Uh, in terms of writing, um, in terms of writing, I would say the inspiration is Shakespeare. Um, Shakespeare is so synonymous to writing; it's almost impossible to get away from him. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, like no matter how old you are, you know. Uh, and and um, and I think you know more or less in terms of um, being themselves and be. I, I I truly don't look at others as you know. I, I really don't, and I don't try to. Put, I put my tears on different levels, of course, and I see success and I see failures. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't try to be inspired by any one, you know, uh, any one person. I, I, it's a conglomerate, as in all my characters. You, you meet people and you're like, oh, that'll fit, oh, that'll fit, mm-hmm. you know. So, mm-hmm. you adapt, adaptations. The military is <laughs> the military taught me that uh, flexibility, hurry up and wait. <laughs> you know those mm-hmm. are the things you learn. Like, you know, you're going to combat, and and imagine just sitting in the airport and waiting for that plane that, you know, that that C that C one that C one thirty to come down and and take you. <laughs> you know, why wow. get on it? The ride is also fun. The ride could be great, but it's just waiting. That waiting period, it shows you because it, it's that. And there's like that tension level, and it just, you know, ramp. Is it becomes ramped up because you're human, and you're thinking of all the possibility. I may mm. not come back. Did I sign my will? Hmm. Why did I make up a will? And why did I give that person that? <laughs> you know, like I should do it over. Maybe I need to see the chaplain. Oh, did I kiss my daughter? Or did I kiss my son? You, you see it all. So, I um, I I try I try you know like even situations I try to 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 to, to stay what I learn and practice what I preach. And, mm. and and when I was in the military as a leader, you had to stay firm. You had to stay in the program, and they taught you. I don't care. Get the mission done. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we'll count the bodies after. So that's my policy. Get the mission done. Finish the book. Finish the job. You know, even though the rewriting, which you love, is tough. <laughs> I do that, Anthony. I, I <laughs> do love it. it. I I don't love rewriting. I just don't mind it. <laughs> There's a difference. 
I mean, well, okay. I'd rather do a revision. Don't you find when you start rewriting that you start changing up everything? Like, it's almost like rewriting. <laughs> I do a lot just of a revision. I do. Um, I do. I do a lot of changing up. Let me ask you, though, what are some of the major challenges you faced in your work thus far, and what are some of the major rewards? So challenges and rewards on your journey as an author. I think, I think the, the challenge is just to what goals you have set for yourself and, and have you completed them? I, I think in, in terms of me personally, I just, my, my greatest challenge is to get the works finished and placed in the stores, uh, in terms of Augustus. Um, that's my biggest challenge. It's, it's just the, the time to devoted to it, you know, like you divide it. My time, I got devoted to certain things, and and writing is a big part of it. So that's a challenge. The time it takes you, you got to walk the walk. As an independent person, you got to walk that walk. You got to go on tour. You got to you got to promote your books. You got to talk about it. You got to go visit stuff. You got to go to the library. You got this is it's like, you got to do it because the. There's no one doing it for you. There's not an agent, not a, a manager. So you have to do it uh, unless you have assistant that you've hired. Uh, but you know, so it's got it's up to you to do all your promos and and get out there and get the word out and you know make some you know waves in the system or whatever. <clears throat> I guess what the are some of the uh, rewards? Yeah, I guess one of the reward is just. The feeling of getting it over with, um, you know, I kick back and I, I for me, uh, you know, that's the only time I say, okay, I'm finished. I, the end, you know, like it doesn't mean the end of the novel. It's the end, like it's now in a store, you know, that I go through it. It's like giving birth. So now it's in the store. Okay. Now it's up to the public to either like my my product or... <laughs> you know, or how much promotion do you do? You know, like you know. So the reward is just finishing the job, getting it done, and 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 for me, that's a reward. That's uh, that's you know, I I am glad I'm able to get it done. I'm through with it because sometimes mm. it's so painful. The major's wife, painful because it mm-hmm. was my first real adult run. You know. <laughs> So, and then uh, Ghetto Girls back in the days when I did Ghetto Girls back in the days, Ghetto Girls, the first one was very painful. Took me took me nine months to do the first draft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now it takes six weeks to do my first draft. I, I could do it in three months. Yeah, it's easier is what I'm saying now. But back then it was like, oh my God, I got more pages to write. Oh no. <laughs> so. The reward is is getting it done, and the the challenge is how to get it done. How are you going to do it? You know, mm-hmm. the time you have to do it, and 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 what else you're going to do? You know, so devotion. I devote myself to it. I I have no other thing to do but write three Ws. Write, 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 all day. <laughs> and how have you had to think outside the box in order to be successful? Well, you know, you you got to stay ahead. So uh, when we came in, for example, ebooks were thirty percent of your, you know, sales. 
you know, garnered, you know, ebook art garnered about 30% and, and printed material garnered the, you know, another 70%, you know. So uh, that was back in 2002. Uh, now in 2016 and presently, uh, ebooks about even, uh, close, maybe a little bit above, but but you can get it way above, you know. Mm-hmm. So the actual ability to reach way outside the box, outside your scope, outside, in, in you know, inter, go international, think international, you know, almost like from the jump, like okay, this is going to be in Australia, this is going to be in, you know, some airport in New Zealand, where you know, like. Way out there, you gotta be out there. So there are times when I go there mentally and um, see that, you know. So we're developing, we have developed the ebook, we're developing the ebook structure where you know we can reach all of that on our own. And so we're in the process of doing that, and, mm-hmm. and 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 that's that's the thing, you know. So you, in terms of staying ahead, all you gotta do is look at record, record the record business and recording industry uh music industry and, and see the way they went. And mm-hmm. you realize that's exactly how print books are going. The, the, the stores are less space. Uh they're little stores there are fewer stores so they're less space and, and the majors get them all. So what are you gonna do? You know, you gotta fight with the majors. It's gonna be a losing battle. So, you know, you go to ebooks and as you can tell <coughs> those I'm sorry. Excuse me. Those guys are not forward thinking because if they were, Borders would not have done what they did. You know, Borders closed 240 stores back in 2008, nine. Mm-hmm. So you know they weren't like thinking way ahead of this cut. So right. I think right. I think and and then now you see Amazon planning on opening bookstores. So yeah, I, you can do it. Bookstores limited because people there are people out there who always wanted a printed version. They like to have it in their hands and read it. You know, like return the pages and look at the words. Mm-hmm. And then the people mm-hmm. were like so advanced technologically, they pull out their device and they just download right. and you know. Mm-hmm. So I think download um, big time. So we're thinking more uh, where you are. Where you know you're pushing. The 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 uh, but at the same time you're pushing the the company the the brand the mm-hmm. branding you know, which is big time in marketing so that that's that's where it is uh, you know brand recognition where you know you see Augustus product you know it's hip hop literature you know we got vibe books you know we got time books you know so that's what it is not just Anthony White you know but you know, there's a there's a thrust on me also. I, I've you know I've always loved writing, so I'll stay writing. So mm-hmm. you know, I, in terms of I see science fiction, like I say, graphic novels. You know, so stuff with pictures. You know, and then get the books and the movies. You know, that, mm-hmm. that's the the that's the stuff. You know, I've already done a couple. Um, uh, screenplays based on the novel, so, you know. Well, let me ask going. you, how hard do you push yourself? Uh, not hard enough, I'm told by my <laughs> business partner. <laughs> but, you know, that's what I'm saying. There's, there's not enough time. you got to get on that computer. You know, you got to sit uh, Even 
okay, first you got to walk the walk. As an independent person, you got to walk it. So if you think of it like, all right, I haven't made any personal appearances, but you're almost making personal appearances, uh, uh, you know, virtual virtual images on uh, the virtual reading rooms, virtual, you know, all this stuff. So I haven't done enough of those stuff, and, and, and that's my fault because I, mm-hmm. I devote a lot of time to writing, and um, I'm very absent-minded when I, I – it's like your mind getting cap. It's not just an invasion of the mind. It's like capturing your mind and say, okay, you cannot think of anything else but what's going on in the story, the plot. Right. Let's advance the plot today. What is the plot about? And then you hear the characters talking. Well, I am up next. You know, <laughs> like, what mm-hmm. chapter am I in? And you go right to the computer. You don't think of, I really, I don't think of going on social sites. I, I really don't. Every once in a while I take a break and try to be normal. And uh, But it's getting to the point where it's almost reclusive behavior. So, you know, I feel, you don't go yeah, out. I realize, I realize recently my, life, my life is out of balance. When you say reclusive behavior, it's like all I'm doing these days is working and taking care of my daughter. So I realize I am. Oh, so you have a daughter. Life. How old is your daughter? She's 11. I, I oh, have okay. so she needs well actually she needs taken care. We, have, we have four together. We've got he has a twenty five year old daughter, almost twenty six, who's in medical school, and I have a twenty five oh, year old yeah. and a twenty one year old. And there, the three older girls are from our first marriages, and then we have a the eleven year old together. But I realize you know, oh that's you say, great. It is. It's it's wonderful. But it's like you were talking about being reclusive, and I just I realized recently that I'm either writing, thinking about writing, or taking care of my daughter um, and being with her and doing, you know, whatever she needs for school, and that my life is out of balance. I need to go out with friends more, and I need to have more fun and go to movies. I don't well, even go to movies. I, I hope you're having fun taking care of your daughter. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's fun. That's amazing. I mean, she's a wonderful kid. But when you talk about... Do you write children's books yet? Have you done any? No. I don't write children's books, just mostly science fiction and historical. But, you know, we have about five minutes left, so I wanted to ask you, what's a fun fact people might not know about you? Oh, <laughs> the fun facts? Uh, the, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I have any fun facts. <laughs> sure you do. Tell me things that people I, don't I, I, talk no, about. I, I, no, I try. No, I, uh, uh, let's see. I have fun facts. Well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a uh, I'm a playoff person. I like I love the playoffs. So the playoffs is coming up in the NBA. I'm watching all the games. <laughs> yeah. I may not watch all the regular season games. I may hear what's going on. So I'm a sports person. I like sports. Uh, I don't know. If, most of my friends know that. I, I I become distracted, and I love documentaries. You know, I I see myself doing documentaries. So I I, uh, I love documentaries. Um, I've seen some. Documentary-based films, uh, uh, Get On Up, James Brown. I, I watched that, I, you know, I, and I watched 42. That was great. So, you know, I, I like those type of documentary-style stories. I also uh, love the World War II stories because they always say that was the brave uh, generation, <laughs> the bravest generation, <laughs> and they went through hell, you know, so... Um, but, you know, you think about it, war is war. When bullets start popping over the head, <laughs> oh, yeah. no matter what generation you belong to, you become brave or you become, you know, whatever. So, um, But I love those documentaries. And, uh, uh, so I, fun facts, I, I like playing chess. Um, 
I play chess against the computer a lot. I, I don't know. Um, and uh, I'm like you. I need to go out some more and enjoy life, but I don't even know what enjoying life is. I just think to enjoy life for a writer means you wrote the perfect metaphor. Yes, that's a dream. If I've written a good couple of sentences, I'm happy all day. You know, you know, it's like, hey, Dan, how you doing? I'm great. Oh, Lord, what did you just, what did you just win the lottery? You know, you <laughs> so I don't know the fun, I, that, I guess, and I work out. I, I don't I don't get bored. I've always been a workout guy, a gym person, so I, I, I work out hard for two hours, um, three days on, one day off. So, so um, you know, back in, when I was in the military, I was always top, you know, in fitness. Guys used to be like, what are you, a robot? I would just stay fit. I stayed in the gym. It helps me relax, and it makes me feel like I'm on vacation, like I dream about stuff, and ideas come to me while I'm working out, and I don't even know. It's like subliminal thoughts, you know, pop in your head. Then next minute you're at the computer writing, and you're like, where did that come from? <laughs> so I do that a lot, sweat. I take walks. I love the trees, the forest. I, I love that, of course, because writers, we need trees for those books. So we do. We need uh, trees. Writers need trees. <laughs> we need rain trees. And the rain inspires me. Uh, uh, and I love skiing, although I haven't done it. Uh, unfortunately, I'm the. So I love skiing too. Uh, so I do it. And I played soccer as a kid growing mm-hmm. up. British. I played soccer for a long, very average player, but I'm still good at it. <laughs> so I, you know, uh, well, I watch the World Cup. We're almost out of time, so do you have one or two sentences for any um, advice for aspiring authors, any last bits of wisdom, just one or two sentences? I'd say, you know, keep your original voice and and not let other outside voices distract you from being you. And stay even keel and write, write, write. Well, Anthony, you were amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really grateful. I'm glad we reconnected, and I'm really grateful you took the time out of your writing, writing, and writing to be on the show. So thank you. Thank you, Tracy, for having me. And I wish you all the best, and, uh, you know, say hello to the family. I'll do that. Take care. Thanks, Anthony. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. So that was the one and only Anthony White, and I'm advising my guests, to, my listeners, to go to AugustusPublishing.com to check out his books, and they're found in bookstores also. And uh, next week, we have Thursday at 1 p.m. New York time, we'll speak with image consultant Lauren Solomon. So talk to you next week. Thanks for com- Thanks for listening in. This has been Tracy L. Slatten on the Independent Artists and Thinkers Network. Thanks for joining us. Come back next week.